Welcome to the Deacon Deacon Podcast. We hope you enjoy your stay. Welcome back to the Deacon Deacon Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Striano, and we have another great episode planned for you all today. We're going to start in the world of hockey, where I recap my experience from the 2021 Hockey Heroes game, the FDNY versus the NYPD at Madison Square Garden. We'll then get into soccer, where we saw the return of Cristiano Ronaldo to Old Trafford, against Newcastle, and we'll recap every other match in the Premier League. We'll then go over to baseball, where we saw one of the most exciting series this regular season between the New York Yankees and the New York Mets, so we'll recap some baseball there. And then finally, we are going to review and recap the world of college football and week one of the NFL. Now, I have to get it out of the way. Everyone's saying, Jeremy, why... Why was there no episode last week? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be 100% honest. Two weeks, uh, two weekends ago, so not this past weekend, the weekend before that, I went back to Washington, D.C., hung out with the boys from Catholic. Shout out to my boys. You all are listening. I hope. I really hope so. And we had a fantastic weekend. You know, we went out to uh, a Mets-Nats game. You know, we, we saw what the nightlife had to offer in the district. And on Sunday, I woke up and my voice was gone. It was gone. I had no voice from Sunday to about Thursday. So I think Friday was when my voice started coming back. And I I had no voice. It was terrible. I was at the game on last Thursday and I think it was starting to come back then. But even when I was, you know, I went home, I came home on Tuesday, the voice was gone, and I told I told my parents, I was like, I can't, <laughs> I sound terrible, it would be a terrible podcast, everyone would have to crank their volume to like 100, and then try to, you know, pick out what I'm saying, it, it wouldn't have been great, I, you know, I always care, I care about the product, I care about the quality of this product, and it wouldn't have been great, so I thought to give myself a little bit of a break, um, and to just you know, let the voice recover. Let, uh, I was drinking a lot of water, a lot of Gatorade, a lot of body armor. Shout out body armor. Best sports drink out there. But we're back. We're back. We're better than ever. And we have a great, great episode today because we have NFL Week 1 at the end to end the episode. We have the Ronaldo return. I mean, guys, this is going to be a good episode. We got the Lindor home run. The New York Yankees Mets Subway Series recap, but we're going to start with something that I was glad to participate in 
as a as a fan, as a viewer, as one of the couple thousand that were in attendance at Madison Square Garden. So without spoiling anything, let's kick off today's episode and jump right into the world of hockey. This isn't a rivalry as much as it is an opportunity for all of us to go out there and play the game that we love. Great moments can happen. I'm looking forward to somebody this year getting to live that moment. I think it was about five years ago I saw a clip from the Nassau Coliseum and it was a clip of the NYPD versus FDNY hockey teams. They were playing a game and there was this huge line brawl. Everyone was just beating the crap out of each other on the ice. And when I later found out that it was between the FDNY and the NYPD, I was like, oh my goodness. This looks like a game that you know, takes the city by storm. This is like a hot ticket. So when I found out they did this game every year, I was intrigued. So this year, I found out that the game was going to be played at Madison Square Garden. It was actually going to be played last year, but COVID happened. Then at around around like mid to late July, they announced that the game is coming back and it's going to be played on September 9th at Madison Square Garden. However, tickets are going to be carrying over from last year. So there weren't any tickets available to the public. I told myself, I got to find a way to get to this game. I wanted to cover it for the podcast. I just wanted to, I thought it'd be great content. You know, it would just, it would intrigue a lot of people, make everyone interested because now I can just promote it for next year. Well, about... About two weeks before the game, both teams announced that they have tickets on sale. NYPD was going to be selling tickets at their practices, which is in Bethpage, which I'm no, I'm nowhere near Bethpage. I'm not, you know, I'm out in Jersey. I can't get to, you know, LI, you know, I mean, I can by train, but why would I just go to get tickets and come back? However, the FDNY was like, okay, well, you could just email our, our GM or the president of the team, who's who's the head coach, and he'll send you tickets. You just got to request how many you want. So I just requested for two, and sure enough, minutes, I'm talking minutes after I sent the email, he was like, all right, you got to just donate. It was a donation, essentially. Donate to the team, and then just send me your address. And I sent him the address, and in about four days, the tickets were there. And I got tickets for this game at the Garden, and I was so pumped. I was looking forward to it for for days, you know, weeks. I really wanted to get to this game. I'm glad I did. Shout out to the FDNY hockey team, Tom Reno. Great guy, class. Now let's get into my game day experience. Whenever I go to Madison Square Garden, I always feel like that four-year-old that saw the New York Rangers and the Colorado Avalanche for his first time, right? That was my first game when I was about three or four years old. I get excited. (laughs) If you know me, if you know me well, I just love doing things, right? I'm a, I'm a type of person who can't just sit in, in a room, in a house for an extended period of time, right? Like I like getting up and walking around the corner, 
You know, I, I walk to um, field complexes and play soccer. But when I know that we're doing something like an event, a game, a trip, I get it. I freak out of or of excitement. So when I found out I was going to this game, I was pumped for it. And it's always a whole process to get to MSG. You know, you got to get to Newark Penn, get on the New Jersey Transit, take it to New York Penn, and boom, you're there. It's not that long of a process, but just the feeling of getting on the train, knowing you're going to New York, and when you get off the train, knowing that you're underneath Madison Square Garden, like, it's it's something. It's surreal. So, the day comes. I took my buddy Chris with me. He was He was a trooper. You know, he was, uh, he, he was looking forward to it as well. He loves hockey. I kind of got him into hockey, I think a little more. And, um, you know, we had a great time. So he was looking forward to it. You know, we get to the train over into New York city and now we find ourselves on seventh Ave. Um, I knew we wanted to go over. We got, uh, we got some food, some drinks, some beverages, Shout out to the Pig and Whistle on 36th and 7th. Great place, great spot for anybody, uh, for anyone who is near the Midtown MSG area. Pig and Whistle, great beer, great food. And we get into the game, and actually we leave the Pig and Whistle and we're walking back. So we went from MSG to the Pig and Whistle and then from the Pig and Whistle back to MSG. On the walk back to MSG for when we were going into the game, I can feel now. Chris had no idea what he was getting himself into. I kind of, I kind of knew. I knew the rivalry. I knew the excitement behind this one game alone. Chris had no, no idea. We get to the steps right before Madison Square Garden. You kind of have to walk into the garden. There were people already like already drinking, already having a good time, and it just felt like a party atmosphere. And this was before even just stepping foot in the arena. I was getting so excited. I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be the best. And Chris is like, I didn't know they were such big rivals. I said, Chris, wait until the puck drops. We haven't even stepped foot in the arena yet. We get in, we had to check, we had a, a checkpoint for our vaccine cards. We had, we had to have proof of a vaccine. And then we get in, we scan our tickets, and now we're going up to the concourse level. So we're sitting in the 200s, we get to the 100 level, the main concourse of the garden. You know, it has the 365 or 366 uh, rotunda there, moments of the garden. I'm showing Chris around because he hadn't been there in a long time. But just walking around the main concourse and hearing cops and firemen, you know, just talk to each other. And, you know, you can you can hear in their voice like they, they've been looking forward for this game. I was just getting excited, excited. I was just ready to watch hockey. I haven't watched live hockey in a long time, but I just wanted this game to get underway. And so, you know, we do the concourse, we grab a beer, we go off to the seats, and right before the game, about a half hour before the game, the uh, the pipe and drum bands of the FDNY, NYPD, uh, they play Amazing Grace, they play a few songs dedicating to um, 
those that we lost on 9-11. You know, it was the 20th anniversary this year, so it, was, it meant a lot for these two squads. And, uh, yeah, they did player introductions, which were very cool. The game got underway, and from the from the moment the puck dropped, this was one of the most entertaining hockey games that I've ever been to, right? The action back and forth, sitting with FDNY was pretty cool because they were rowdy, and they ended up on top. They ended up winning the game 7-4. to four. But just being around firemen and the family of firemen, like, it was it was a very cool experience. I was uh, I was impressed with the whole thing, and I would love to go next year. I'm already trying to figure out when they're having it. Ho- hopefully, they have it before you know I go back to school. But if it is indeed you know if I'm home, oh man, I'm there. I'm so there. But um. Yeah, this was one of the most fun events I've ever been to. So, I want to say thank you again to Tom Reno and the FDNY hockey team for you know for for supplying the tickets, allowing to donate to such a great cause. Um, shout out to the FDNY hockey team for winning, NYPD for playing a great game, and there's actually a tie, not not like a tie, but there's going to be a tie between. The FDNY and this year's Deacon Deacon shirt, which I will announce later at the very end of this episode. So stay tuned for that. But overall, this was just a great, great experience. I I really want to go back. I had so much fun. Like when I tell you this was a party atmosphere, this is a party atmosphere. Right? Ranger games don't get this rowdy. I don't even think playoff games get that rowdy. You know, with people just cheering back and forth. You know, mocking the other team. I think one of the funnier parts of the game was when, I mean, this is chanted every year, but the FDNY fans will chant at the NYPD, Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. Like that, that, that's cool, right? Uh, the goal songs were cool. NYPD was, uh, I fought the law and the law won. When they would score a goal, and then the FDNY was uh, Jimi Hendrix, Let Me Stand Next to Your Fire. That was pretty funny. I, I enjoyed that a lot. And then when the F- when the uh, NYPD would get a penalty, it'd be like Bad Boys, the theme song from Cops. It'd be pretty funny. So, But yeah, I had a great time, thanks to both the NYPD, FDNY hockey teams, for, ha- for hosting a great event. MSG, I think, I know they want to... Um, how do I say this? I know they want to play at different arenas. I know it's been at the Barclays. It's been at the Nassau Coliseum before. I'm sure next year they're probably going to have it at the new arena by Belmont. I just think the game belongs at the Garden for what it is. But I know there's going to be Islander fans out there saying, like, why don't we play at our arena? So that'll probably be next year. But the Garden is just a great, great location for this event. Because not only is it one of my favorite places in the world, it is just a whole different feeling when you enter the garden. For those who haven't been to MSG, I highly suggest, highly recommend that you check out an event there. It could be a Ranger game, it could be a Nick game, it could be a concert, whatever. Get to the garden, experience it. It is unlike any other arena. And again, I've had the same feeling 
in my body, like ever since I was a little kid, I get that little like butterfly in my stomach because I just love this place. This is truly the world's most famous arena. It is truly the Mecca of sports and entertainment. There's no other place like it. I'm glad I got to go back. I missed I missed the garden a lot. But all in all, last Thursday was such a great time. And again, next year, if if you if you all are interested, I highly recommend you go to this game. It will not disappoint. You know, you got to pick a side when you get in there. Are you going to be rocking blue or rocking red? Usually that comes with your ticket. So I was red. Chris was actually blue. Chris was actually supporting the, uh, the NYPD. I was supporting the FDNY. We made a little wager. So, Chris, you owe me a six-pack, buddy. All right, well, let us now go into another segment. This is a segment that a lot of people have been waiting for, getting to hear my reaction to week four of the Premier League. So let's jump into the world of soccer. Greenwood. Greenwood had a pop. Woodman spilt it. And guess who's there? Close your eyes. And he never went away. Without so much as a Gathering speed. Looking to play in Ronaldo. It is Ronaldo. It's 2 1 United. The theatre lives its dream. Its fantasy hero retreads the boards. A phenomenon. Hello again, Stratford End. Here I am. Man, oh man, that was a very, very, very exciting game at Old Trafford this past weekend. Manchester United top Newcastle by a score of 4-1. to one. But we got to start at the very, very top of the list. And we'll start with Saturday. We start off... Let's see, let me get my list here. The first game in the morning, Crystal Palace 3, Spurs 0. A team that had gone unbeaten in their first few games. Crystal Palace takes advantage. Oh, what is the name of their park? Selhurst. Yes, Selhurst Park. Jafet Tanganga gets a red card. Crystal Palace. Two goals from Udison Edward. The San, the signing. Excuse me, I always said the signing or the man. The signing from Celtic FC gets a brace. Crystal Palace and Patrick Vieira pick up a huge three points, which in the long run could look back and that win could possibly help them survive relegation. Big result there. And guys, it's finally happened. It has finally happened. It has finally happened. Arsenal have won a league game. Let's just let's just clap it up. We'll clap it up for Arsenal. 1-0 win over Norwich. It was 19th. Versus 20th, and now Norwich drops to 20, and I believe Arsenal somewhere around 16, 15. So they get their first three points of the year. Big result for Arsenal, and Arteta saves his job for at least one more week. But um, they're still terrible. 
There's just no motivation there. We saw it against Man City. This team cannot compete with the top flights. This or the top clubs of the top flight. United, Chelsea, City. I, 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 Tottenham will beat them bad. As long as Harry Kane's still there. But alas, Arsenal gets their first league win of the year, one nil over Norwich, the Canaries. Brentford nil, Brighton one. This game I had, I really had a lock for a draw. I was gonna actually bet on a draw between Brenton, uh, Brenton. Again, I'm mixing up my words here. Brentford and Brighton. But Brighton gets the win on the road. On the road in London. Big result there from the goals. This match, I did not expect this scoreline. I did not expect a 1-0 win from Man City. I thought it was going to be 3-1 at least. Uh, when I was on the Barstool Sportsbook, it looked like Leicester had a goal that got called back. Because Leicester's odds just shot up for one second, but then they immediately locked again. And then I saw that the goal had wiped off. And then uh, about like five minutes later, Man City gets their goal there. But um, another great result from Man City. They're trying to catch up to the top two teams of Chelsea and United. And speaking of, here it is, folks. Cristiano Ronaldo is back. He is back. I tell you, I have never been that excited for a league game in a long time. In a long time. There hasn't been a signing. I mean, okay, let's go back to when, I, when I've been a fan. The signings of Paul Pogba, that was exciting. Lukaku was exciting. Um, Let's keep it going. Oh, man, like who? Memphis, I guess. But this year, these three signings alone of Varane, Sancho, and Cristiano Ronaldo, and now they're starting. Like, it's not like we get a guy to just put him on the bench. No, this isn't true. This is three guys that are starting day in and day out now for Manchester United. And Ronaldo getting that first goal, the first soundbite you heard there for this segment, off of that Greenwood shot. I had Ronaldo first goal scorer on the on the Barcelona Sportsbook at plus 290, so I won a couple bucks there. But then Newcastle respond on a Harry Maguire miscue, which let Varane by himself on what was essentially a three-on-one. And Mon Monquillo puts a ball in the side netting, no chance for David De Gea, that made it 1-1. But then a few minutes later, Luke Shaw starts the counterattack up the middle. Slots a through ball right to Cristiano Ronaldo on his left foot. Megs the keeper. Five hole. Two one. We're back. And then not everyone's talking about the Bruno Fernandez goal. That made it 3-1. Top of the box. 80th minute. Man, that was a beautiful goal. That was the best goal scored. I mean, Ronaldo's first goal was a tap-in. But the second goal was better because just the run that he made was superb. But this goal from Bruno Fernandes, the composure, top of the box, puts one top left, upper 90. Keeper had no chance for it. Then the fourth goal was Jesse Lingard on a beautiful pass from Paul Pugba. Was it Pugba? Yeah. Paul Pugba and a gorgeous dummy from Anthony Martial. If you don't know what a dummy is, that's just when you let the ball go through your legs and your teammates behind you and he 
takes the pass when the defender thinks the pass is going to you. Beautiful play there from Martial. And another composed finish for Lingard there. 4-1, final. Three big points, plus three to the goal differential. I'm excited. This is getting me excited. I'm also excited for the Champions League match, which we will be covering next week. And we're going to recap uh, or preview some of the matches there for this week's Champions League fixtures. But we're going to finish up with the Prem, then we'll get right into Champions League uh, for uh, match week or match day one of six for the Champions League. So we'll get into that right after we cover the Premier League and then preview um, this, this next weekend for the Prem. Southampton nil, West Ham nil. Honestly, very shocked. This is two. This is points dropped for West Ham. I really thought, even though they were on the road, I thought the Hammers were going to pick up a win here. But this is a great result for Southampton, uh, a team that a lot of people can see being relegated this year, just because um, not a lot of signings happening. There's not a lot of help around James Ward-Prowse, although I do like Che Adams there for Southampton. I really do think that he's a good striker, especially for Scotland. But Ward-Prowse is their guy, and they have to surround him with help. I expect a big, big transfer window from them in January, potentially signing some guys from possibly the championship, guys that are playing. Who knows? Maybe maybe Ivan Tony. Uh, Brentford, you know, if Brentford think they're going down, they might sell Ivan Tony. But I don't think Brentford's going to be in a big spot, you know, in January. They might end up getting relegated, but it might not happen until, you know, March, April, May, the later part of the season. But this is a huge result for the Saints here. A big draw from them at home. Again, two points drop from West Ham here. Um, disappointing result from them. Watford, nil. Wolves, two. Again, Wolves need to generate some wins. I think the I think that Wolverhampton is just a perfect example of just a mid-table team. Um, they might drop a little if they do sell Ruben Neves. I'm surprised that uh, Man U did not um, go after Ruben Neves on deadline day. But he is the catalyst. He is Wolves right now. Like he is their best player. So again, when he goes, it's gonna they're gonna be in a tough spot. But we'll see if they hold them uh, until the end of the year. I can see them not uh, not allowing a transfer to be done in January. They might wait until next summer to sell Ruben Neves. But again, for a $25 million price tag or £25 million price tag, it's a steal for Ruben Neves, 24 years old. Center mid, can play defense, can play attack. Great long shots from outside the box. But as long as he's here, Wolves are relevant. I really do think so. I think I think Ruben Neves does keep Wolves relevant in this in this league. But props to Wolves, great win on the road. And finally, the last game for Saturday, Chelsea 3, Aston Villa 0. I'm scared about Aston Villa. I really am because again, I had them finishing in 6th last year uh, this coming season. They need some big results, but I didn't see them getting a win against Chelsea. This is just this was just a toss-up or a layup rather than a toss-up, but Chelsea are just proving that they are a top two team in the Prem. Maybe, you know, maybe they win the league this year. I can see Chelsea winning the league. I really can. I think they're a great team. I say this every week. Mm, excuse me. I love their lineup. 
I love Thomas Tuchel. I love their gameplay, their style of play. I love Lukaku on their lineup. I think Lukaku looks incredible. This is a way better Lukaku than the Man U Lukaku. Um, and not just because of his weight drop. I think just he just has a little more motivation uh, under his belt. So, again, I really like this team. They just got to utilize the right players because eventually Chelsea are going to have a conflict on their hands with just not playing everybody at the same time. And I think we're seeing that with Christian Pulisic. However, they're trying to include him in every chance that they can. But, you know, you keep, you keep signing players. You're going to have to sell some. So maybe... Maybe Chelsea is a seller come January, you know. I Now it's Saul, you know, what happens to their midfield? Who is their starting three? You know, so there's going to be questions that are going to need some answering for transfers with Chelsea come the January window and even next summer. But as of right now, I love their lineup, I love their team, and I can see them going very far in this league. Same goes with this team, who I think are the fourth best team in England right now. Leeds nil, Liverpool three. A big win on the road for the Reds. I I love Liverpool. I love Jurgen Klopp. However, what Chelsea does better than Liverpool, and what United does better than Liverpool, and what City does better in little uh, excuse me than Liverpool is they're investing in the future, right? I believe that Liverpool are investing for the now. They need to consider what's going to happen when Jordan Henderson is you know done or Mohamed Salah, Sadio Mane, Roberto Firmino. Like, these guys are not, you know, they're not young wonder kids anymore, right? Like, they're they're late 20s, early 30s. Again, for the now, it's fine. For the now, they're, they're brilliant. They're class players. But in a few years, two, three years from now, what's going to happen to Hendo? What's going to happen to Mo Salah, right? So I really do think they need to invest in the future they did that last year with Diogo Jota from Wolves I love that signing but it's gonna it's gonna hit them big time and Liverpool fans I hate to tell you this but I'm but I am right I'm, I'm not speculating anything here I'm right because what's there where's the future right a, a big blow for the future right there Harvey Elliott brutal injury brutal injury right but you know I'm not saying that you don't have anything. I just think you need to do more, more investing into the future. I love your academy players, Harvey Elliott, um, uh, the, the outside back. Williams, I believe his name is. He's a great player, right? So I really do think that you can potentially invest not just from your own academy, but from other teams, from other leagues, from other countries. There's kids out there that are have potential to play at Anfield. And I, I think I think the kids are gonna realize that, right? Like, there's there's a few stadiums in the world where you're like, wow, I get to play at so and so insert stadium here, right? It's I get to play at the Bernabeu, I get to play at Camp Nou, I get to play at Allianz Arena, I get to play at Old Trafford, I get to play at Anfield, I get to play at Stamford Bridge. Like, there's these stadiums that are just recognized as cathedrals, right? And I think that Klopp and the board and the chairman of Liverpool, sorry, I'm blanking on his name, I think they have to use their stardom, their reputation right now to invest in youth. Like, you get to play at Anfield, right? You get a chance to walk out of that tunnel and listen to You'll Never Walk Alone. You're going to have fans singing to you, praising you, and you get to create history. You know, you get to play on the same pitch that Steven Gerrard did. 
I think there's potential. I really do. And if they adopt the Chelsea, the United, the Chel- uh, the City style of recruiting, Liverpool's going to be dominant for years. And they will be. You know, they're not like, they're far, they're far, far, far ahead of like your Tottenham's, Arsenal's, your West Ham's, right? The top four is the top four. It's City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool. No particular order. Liverpool just have to do just a little more investing. They have to invest, right? They can't just purchase for the now, for the two years that they have this guy, and then boom, he's gone. Like, you can't just buy a guy and then have him go on a free transfer in two years, which is what we're kind of doing with Ronaldo and Cavani. But, you know, with Donny van de Beek, Bruno is an investment. Bruno's going to be here for years to come. You have an investment with Virgil. Yes, but Virgil is aging. Salah is aging. And I'm not saying that Man U are perfect either. I think we needed... I believe we should have went after Camavinga. We should have made a hard press, but he wanted to play for Madrid. So, I think we invest in Holland. I doubt we get Mbappe. I, I doubt we're on the list for Mbappe. But I believe Holland could be a push. Harry Kane is not an investment, and I don't want him. I mean, for that sake. I mean, if they said, oh, like, Harry only wants to play for United, I'll say, well, come on down. But we have to we have to invest, right? Like, Varane isn't really an investment. Sancho is. That's an investment. Jaden Sancho, who's only 21, 22 years old. Mason Greenwood, Marcus Rashford. That's your future right there. And I believe Donny van de Beek could be part of the future. It's just a tough it's a tough spot. But again, I am not criticizing Liverpool in any way. I just really think that if they do a little more of investing for the future, they're contending for the league again. But big result there. And a little bit of a rivalry game there, and a little Northern England, Northern English rivalry there. And finally, we end with Monday's game, Monday's fixture, Everton 3, Burnley 1. What a weird game. Burnley go up 1-0, and then just a few moments later, it's 1-1. A few minutes later, it's 2-1 Everton. A few minutes later, 3-1. All the goals were scored within like 10-15 minutes of each other. The goals just kept pouring on in that little little span but huge result for Everton Everton to me with the right with the right transfers without dropping you know big results I think this team can compete you know for a Europa League spot because I have Aston Villa beating there right now I think Everton is Everton right now are better than Aston Villa I just think Aston Villa have a better roster I think just Aston Villa need to, to glue as a team. I think that they're uh, pretty much a new team full of new signings. So I really like Aston Villa. I really like Everton. I think they're both capable of finishing for Europa League spot. But right now, if you put me, you know, if you said, okay, one of these teams has to compete for, or one of these teams gets the Europa League spot, it's Everton or Aston Villa, I'm going to pick Everton right now. At the end of the year, my answer might be different. But right now, Everton are just getting results and they're, Scoring goals when they can. I love the Damari Gray signing, right? Um, sucks about DCL, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I don't know what happened to him, if he's hurt, took a knock, whatever. But 
they're winning. So with a couple more investments, like like Liverpool, if they can invest a little bit, I like Everton a lot. So that was week four. Let's preview week five of the Prem. And we have some big matchups here starting on Friday the 17th. That is 3 p.m. Newcastle at home to lead St. James Park. This game can go either way. I'm really I'm really torn between picking an away win for Leeds or a thrashing of a win for Newcastle. So what am I going to do? I'm going to meet in the middle. I'm going to go 2 all. 2-2 two, two draw here. I think both teams get 1 point on this result. I am just torn. I like Newcastle. I like Leeds. I think Leeds are going to be hungry after dropping I think both of these teams are hungry. Both of these teams coming off of losses to Man U and Liverpool. I think they're going to be wanting to score goals. I'm going to go 2-all. Two 2-all two draw for Newcastle Leeds. Wolves and Brentford at the Molineux. I'm very tempted to pick. I love Brentford a lot. I really do. One of these games, Ivan Tony is just going to erupt and have a brace or maybe even a hat trick. Will it be this game? I don't know. But I'm going to go. Oh, man. I really want to pick a Brentford win. I really want to pick a Brentford win. You know what? I'm doing it. 1-0 to Brentford. I think the Bees are going to beat the Wolves at Molineux. Big away win for Brentford incoming. Burnley, Arsenal at Turf Moor. This is going to be an interesting game because Sean Dyche, Sean Dyche, and Burnley are a tough team to play at Turf Moor. And for Arsenal, a team that just beat Norwich, it's going to be very tough. However... I think with their roster alone, I think Arsenal are capable of beating Burnley on the road. I'm going to go with a 2-1 win for the Gunners. If they prove me wrong, that just proves that they're... If they drop this game by more than two goals, Arteta's got to be fired. Has to. Has to. I'm going to go with 2-1 for Arsenal. We got another 10 o'clock matchup here on Saturday. Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. You know what? Two in a row. I'm going to go 3-0 to Liverpool here. I, th I think Liverpool are just a much better team than Palace. I don't see Crystal Palace getting on the score sheet. Edward playing at Anfield for the first time. Wilfred Zaha, I just don't think they're going to get it done. I'm going to go 3-0 for Liverpool here. Man City, Southampton. Mm, I'm going to go 2-0. I'm going to go 2-0 to Man City here. At home, at the Etihad. It's going to be a Comfortable win for City. I'm going to go 2-0. Norwich and Watford. Two of the newly promoted teams battling out. Oh, what is their stadium called? What is it called? I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank. Carroll Road. That's right. That's right. Norwich are the home team here in this matchup. I like Watford. I, I like Watford's team a lot. Oh, man. I went all the way back to December. Hold on. Hold on. We're coming back. We're coming back. Yeah, we're back. Um, I'm gonna go one all draw here. I think these teams are pretty much equal in playing style. I I think I think Norwich are just dying to get a point. I think they're gonna get one here. It's gonna be one all between Norwich and Watford. Finally, here it is. Here is the big matchup. This matchup is going to be huge, huge at Villa Park. Aston Villa versus Everton. 
Man, this is going to be a tough game for both teams, but I do favor one of these teams, and one of these teams will be hungry for a win. I'm going with a 2-1 victory for the home side, Aston Villa. Sorry, Zach. I love Everton. I had them winning this past one day, but I really like Aston Villa. I think Leon Bailey, Danny Ings, excuse me. I'm really combining my words here on this podcast. It's a bit of a problem. I'm expecting a brace from Danny Ings, 2-1 for the Villains. Now we get to Sunday, the 19th, and we start off at 9 a.m. with two matchups here. We got Brighton versus Leicester on Peacock from the Amex. I think the Foxes are going to pull out a victory here. I'm going with 2-1, 2-1-2 Leicester. Olympic Stadium. London, 9 a.m. Sunday, West Ham versus Manchester United. We got to see what Manchester United, what kind of team they put out on Tuesday here for the Champions League against Young Boys. But I still think they're going to win. I think they're going to win comfortable. I'm going with a 2-0 victory for uh, Manchester United here. And finally, to wrap up week number five, we got Spurs and Chelsea at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium Listen, I, this game might be pretty close, but the right team are going to win. I'm going with, you know, I'm really tempted to pick a five-goal thriller here. But I think there's only going to be three goals. 2-1 in favor of Chelsea. Now, we're sticking with soccer. But ladies and gentlemen, the Champions League is back. Next week, I will have the Champions League theme song. I love it. It's an absolute banger. That was one of the sound bites that I forgot to uh, download for this episode. My apologies. But the Champions League is back. Tuesday, Wednesday, we have Champions League soccer again. We're going to preview some matchups. Look at the big ones. We have a couple big matchups for match day one. We're starting here with Sevilla and Red Bull Salzburg. Sevilla on a great run here. RB Salzburg, the champions of the Austrian League. I'm going to go 2-1 to Sevilla. I like Sevilla a lot here. Next up, oh man. Manchester United versus Young Boys in Switzerland on the road. Is this a problem for United? I hope not. I'm going with a 3-1 victory for Manchester United. Next up on Tuesday, 3 o'clock, we got Lille versus Wolfsburg. Lille, actually the winners of last year's Ligue 1 championships. That's uh, French for Ligue 1. Thank you very much to Duolingo. Lille, Wolfsburg... I'm going with a 1-0 victory for Lille. I really like Lille here. Villarreal, Atalanta. The two other teams in with the group with Manchester United and Young Boys. I'm going with a 2-0 victory for Atalanta. I like their form. Villarreal not doing so hot this year. 7th in La Liga. I'm going to go with Atalanta here. And the Italian team will beat the Spanish team in this matchup. Chelsea, Zenit. I'm going with 3-1 to Chelsea. I think it's going to be a comfortable game for Chelsea no matter what lineup they put out. Here is the wild card matchup. A lot of people are telling me that Malmo is a team that Juventus and everyone else in their group, which I believe is Chelsea and Zenit, should not overlook. But I do think Juventus are going to win. I'm going to go with a 2-0 victory here for Juventus. No problems there. 
Here is the big matchup for Tuesday. 3 p.m. Barcelona, Bayern, Munich at Camp Nou. Barcelona, again, losing their star boy, Lionel Messi, this past offseason. You know, I like what they're doing here with Braithwaite, Memphis Depay, Frankie de Young. But I still think that Bayern are one of the best teams, if not the best team in the world right now. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 4-1. 4-1 to Bayern Munich here. I really do think so. Dynamo Kiev against Benfica. I'm going to go with a 1-0 victory for Benfica. Again, a lot of people are saying that the Portuguese league might be even better than Liga. Shout out to Thogden on YouTube. Thogdad, absolute legend. Um, if you guys are ever listening, I would love to have a pint with Thogdad, do a beer review. I've, I don't know if he's ever done a beer review on Carlsberg, but that's a dream to just do a, a beer review on a Carlsberg pint with, with Thogden and Thogdad. They got great content on there for all your soccer needs. They're Bolton fans, so they're really unbiased. You know, their team their team is in League One. I believe Bolton's in League One, if I'm not mistaken, right? Um, but yeah, great content. I, I watch their videos all the time to get some some soccer knowledge because there's a lot of there's a lot of soccer content in the world. Um, so I, I use I use YouTube uh, for some help. But Thogden, uh, that's T H O G D E N on YouTube. He does it with his dad all the time. Thogdad is an absolute legend. Love them. Uh, love their videos. So I'm gonna go one nil for Benfica in this one. And now we get to Wednesday's matchups. Interesting one here. From Turkey, it's Besiktas against Dortmund. I really do like Dortmund, obviously, because of Gio Reyna, Erling Holland. So for this one, I'm going to go... Uh, man, I'm going to go 2-0. 2-0 to Dortmund here. We got Sheriff Tiraspol, one of the newly promoted teams. It's the first team from Moldova to participate in the Champions League. So it's great to see the European game expanding even more here. They're taking on Shakhtar Donetsk, and Sheriff Tiraspol are the home team. So I think they're going to get a draw here. I think it's going to be one-all. One I really do think Shakhtar are the better team, but I think the fans are just going to be on full support. I'm going to say a draw here. One all Sheriff Schachter. Here's another big one for Wednesday. It's Inter Milan against Real Madrid at the San Siro. Man, I really like Inter Milan. I really like Real Madrid. This is going to be my thriller. I'm going 3-2 to Los Blancos. I think Madrid get the victory on the road here. Atletico Madrid against Porto. This is another big matchup here. It's at the Metropolitano. I think it's going to be a win for Atletico Madrid. I'm going to go 2-1 here for Atleti. So I have both Madrid clubs winning in their respective matchups on week one. PSG Club Bruges from Belgium. Again, PSG just look very, very dominant. Not just because they have Lionel Messi, but Lionel Messi just adds to that star power lineup. Especially... To that front three alone with Messi, Neymar, and Kylian Mbappe. I'm going with 3-0 for PSG over Club Bruges. This is another interesting matchup. From Anfield, we have Liverpool against AC Milan. Wednesday, 3 p.m. This game, ugh, I really want to pick Milan. 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 What am I? I want to pick AC Milan. <laughs> 
I think it's going to be a two-all draw. I, I really like AC Milan. I love what they're doing with their team. Liverpool coming off of a big 3-0 victory. I think it's going to be a draw here at Anfield. I think I'm going to go with a two-all draw. But Liverpool can just can totally win this game. It would not be a surprise. From the Etihad, we have Man City against RB Leipzig. I love RB Leipzig. They have a lot of potential in their squad. But will it be capable enough of beating Man City? Jesse Marsh at the Etihad. Will he come out with a victory? Absolutely not. I'm going to go with a 4-1 victory for Manchester City. And finally, wrapping up week one, we have Sporting against Ajax. Two great teams in their respective leagues. Sporting, I believe, are unbeaten in Portuguese league in all competitions, but I think the streak is going to stay alive because I think it's going to be a one-all draw between Sporting and Ajax from Lisbon. All right, well, I am very excited for Champions League soccer. You guys should be too. I believe uh, Paramount Plus. If you guys have Paramount Plus, you guys can get access to all the Champions League games, and uh, I believe with it's affiliated with the CBS Sports Network. So if you have CBS Sports Network, I know on Verizon Files, it's channel 594, I believe. Check out for Champions League games. Or you can just access through them on your laptop. You can stream them whenever you want. Um, but yeah, I am very excited for this matchup here. Um, there's a few great games. A few great matches that we have to keep an eye out for. Again, we'll run through. Today, uh, for Tuesday, it's Barcelona-Bayern Munich. It's... That's really the big one for today. I would also keep an eye out for on Tuesday for Villarreal Atalanta. I think that'll be a great game. And then for Wednesday, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, and Atletico Madrid versus Porto, and Liverpool versus AC Milan. These are going to be instant classics that we are going to be looking back on once we get to the knockout stages in the next calendar year. So keep an eye out for match week one. We have some great matchups for you. I'm excited. You should be too. All right. Well, we got two more segments left, so let's kick things off with America's pastime here. Segment number three, we go into the world of baseball. Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Did he get another one? Oh. Gallo's on his way back. He got it. Santa Maria. Lindor again. Oh, my. Wow. In what was said to be one of the most exciting MLB regular season games of the 2021 calendar year. That game ended what was one of the most exciting three-game series of the entire year. Francisco Lindor is officially a New York Met, and it only took until September 12th for him to get his Mets card. So, great, great moment for him. I thought the series itself between the Yankees and the Mets was very entertaining. I was... On the edge of my seat, even when the even when they lost on September 11th, you know, for the Mets, I, I thought the Yankees played a great game on Saturday. But that Sunday game, man, holy smoke! Three home runs for Francisco Lindor, Stanton homered, Judd Glaber hit one as well on Sunday. But the whole John back and forth. Apparently, the Yankees were stealing signs from the Mets by whistling. So, on his second home run, Lindor was rounding second base and was, you know, mimicking a whistle. I think it was at Glaber. And he was like, stop whistling, stop whistling. And then Stanton 
in the next inning hits a home run and rounds second and goes to Lindor and basically says, don't talk smack. Don't talk smack. So, And then Lindor just caps off a big win. They cut the camera right to Stan. He's just like not amused at all. But the Mets escaped with two big victories. Uh, we're still below 500 because we lost <laughs> to the Cardinals. But anyway, it was very exciting baseball. So let's uh, jump right into the standings here. We got some division races to heat up or to keep a close eye on. Starting here with the ever-so-competitive AL East, where we see the Boston Red Sox drop from 2-4 to four in the matter of a week. But, I mean, only by a, a game, if that. And first, we have the Tampa Bay Rays, 89-55. and 55. I believe this division is just about to be wrapped up. Like, I, th- I think they're going to take the top spot. And second right now, we have the Toronto Blue Jays, 81-63, and 63, and they hold a game... A game lead on the top spot of the wild card. Second, we have the Yankees, 80-64. and 64. Fourth, we have the Red Sox, 81-65. and 65. So as of today, I believe there's going to be, there's a tiebreaker here. I don't know what the tiebreaker is. But right now, the, the wild card game would be Blue Jays-Yankees in Toronto. And then eliminated from a playoff spot. Already, I'm sorry. The Baltimore Orioles, 46-97. and 97. The AL Central, it's practically done. Chicago White Sox, 82-61. and 61. I really like this team going into the playoffs here. I, really, I, I don't need to talk about anyone else in the AL Central because everyone is, everyone's pretty much eliminated here. But the White Sox are a threat. I really like their bullpen. I like their roster, like their their lineup, I should say. They have bats, gloves. I mean, they all have bats and gloves. But the back end of the bullpen is something that I've been emphasizing for weeks now. And in playoff games, that's going to be very, very crucial. A, a decent bullpen goes a long way. It goes a long way. So I think the White Sox are ready for any test here in the AL. I really do think they can be the AL winner. And in the AL West right now we have the Houston Astros, 84-59. Seattle, two games out of a wild card spot. Oakland, two and a half games out of a wild card spot. So Seattle not giving up. I love the Mariners. I think the Mariners are going to be a very good team next year. I have a wild prediction that Michael Conforto ends up on the Mariners. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But Oakland just slipping, slipping, slipping out of a wild card spot. These AL West teams have a lot of work to do. They have a lot of gain, a lot of, a lot of games to catch up on here. So it's going to be a very exciting race. The race is the AL East race and really the AL wild card race. That's the race that we need to keep a very close eye on for the rest of this month. Now we get to the NL. 76 and 66, the Atlanta Braves right now have a four and a half game lead on the Phillies who are in second and a five and a half game lead on the Mets who are in third. The Phillies are two and a half games out of a wild card spot. The Mets are three and a half games out of a wild card spot. Phillies are 72 and 71. Mets are 72 and 73. 
they have to just win games in a row, man. They are, that's all they have to do. They have to just win games in a row. They can't be dropping games here. This is a team that I really like in the playoffs. The Milwaukee Brewers, 89-55. Cincinnati Reds hold the top spot in the wild card. Or no, actually, they hold the second spot in the wild card there at 75-69. and 69. So that race, that race is up for grabs here. The Cardinals, not out of it yet. They're only a half game out of the wild card spot, out of the second game, or second wild card spot. But now we go to the West, where we have our first team to clinch a berth in this year's playoffs, the San Francisco Giants, 94-50. and 50. If they win the World Series this year, this could be one of the most unexpected winners of a championship in the most in the recent era, in recent history, right? We have our teams like the Yankees, like the Dodgers, but teams like the Red Sox and the Giants, who really didn't do a whole lot in the offseason, just are playing great baseball. But the Giants better than the Red Sox right now. Oh, these Giants, man, and Oracle Park is a great place to play, especially in October. They might be the Giants of old here. Will we see a dynasty? I don't know. We'll see. But holding the top wildcard spot by a whopping 16 and a half games is the Los Angeles Dodgers. And right behind them, the San Diego Padres, who are just a half game out of the second wildcard spot, which is currently being held by the Cincinnati Reds. So we have a lot to keep an eye out here for baseball. We got home run races between Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Shohei Otani. Both have hit over 40 home runs this year. I think it's going to... I don't know. I like Vlad Jr. Let's see where we are right now. I'm going to go on MLB.com, which I'm already on. We're going to go to stats. Regular season. I just want home runs. Home runs. It's Vlad Guerrero Jr. with 45 in first place. Otani is in second with 44. And looky here, 42 ding-dongs for Salvador Perez, catcher of the Kansas City Royals. Wow. Simeon at 39. Holy goodness. Oh, my God. Tatis at 38. Devers at 34. Duvall at 34. Aaron Judge at 33. Pete's at 32. Joey Gallo at 33. Kyle Seeger at 34. Well, there's a lot with 34, 33, 32. Bryce Harper with 32, along with Pete. Yeah, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Well, God, I'm combining my words again. Vlad Guerrero Jr., Shohei Otani, Sally Perez, swinging some hot bats right now. So we got to keep an eye out for the home run race here. Who gets it? I, uh, I'm gonna go with Vlad Jr. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna take it away. I think both of them are gonna break 50. I think both Otani and Vlad will break 50 home runs this year. But I think it's going to be Vlad. I really do. All right, well, we got one more segment left. We got to go to football here. College and the pros. Let's go to the world of football. Might have dislocated the fingers from the 18-yard line. The throw in the middle. Williams gives to Avery Davis. They wanted to throw it back. Crumb was covered. Davis goes the other way. And it's a two-point conversion for Williams. Bradley has it stripped. 
Bounce it on the ground. Notre Dame recovers. Irish extend to 25 consecutive home victories. Never did I think that our toughest game of the year would be to Toledo. <laughs> I was scared. I was very scared for a little bit there. But alas, Notre Dame did pull off a three-point victory over unranked Toledo. Toledo of the MAC conference. No, dis- no disrespect to the MAC. Love the MAC. But it did cause Notre Dame to drop from 8 to 12 this past week, which, again, I think is a fair ranking. I don't see Notre Dame. I don't see Notre Dame this year as a college football playoff team. They could be if they go undefeated, but I don't know. I don't see it. But let's uh, let's recap here. We'll start with college football, and we're going to start with we always do the top 25 because those are the, really the big matchups here that uh, that most of the viewers care about. We start on Friday here, Coastal Carolina 49, 17th ranked Coastal Carolina 49, Kansas 22. Here we go, Saturday, 8th ranked Notre Dame taking on Toledo. Notre Dame comes out with a 32-29, a three-point victory, which I think Toledo could Toledo could have easily won this game. Like, I would not have been surprised if Toledo came out on top. They were just the better team for the most part. I think Notre Dame wasn't executing their spots. They kept switching quarterbacks. It started with Cone and it went to Buckner, Cone, Buckner, Cone, Buckner, and it ended with Cone throwing the pass to Michael Mayer. I was going to open this segment with the Halloween theme music. I might do that later on, like closer to Halloween, because his name is Michael Mayer. Close to Michael Myers, so it's a funny joke that Notre Dame plays. So maybe we'll do that on the episode right before Halloween. So keep an eye out for that because it'll be funny. Alabama, number one, Alabama over Mercer, forty-eight to fourteen. Shock, not really. Number two, ranked Georgia, fifty-six to seven over the University of Alabama, Birmingham, UAB Blazers. And here we go. The big upset of the week, number 12, Oregon, over number 3, Ohio State, 35-28. to Put some respect on the Ducks' name this year. Number 4, Oklahoma against Western Carolina, a whopping 76 to nothing victory for the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah, a bit of a close one here, bit of a close one here, Texas A&M 10, number 5. Number 5 ranked Texas A&M 10. Unranked Colorado 7. So I'm assuming Texas A&M might have dropped a little bit in the in the uh, AP rankings there. We got number 6 Clemson taking on South Carolina State. Defeating South Carolina State 49-3. Huge win for the Tigers there. Number 7 Cincinnati over Murray State 42-7. And here was the big in-state rivalry this year. It goes to the Hawkeyes. Number 10, Iowa defeats number 9, Iowa State, 27-17. Big win there for the Hawkeyes. Number 11, Penn State defeating Ball State, 44-13. Number 13th ranked Florida defeating South Florida, 42-20. And number 14, USC loses at home to Stanford, 42-28. And on the road, number 15, Texas is beaten bad by unranked Arkansas, 40-21. to 
18th ranked Wisconsin defeats Eastern Michigan 34 to 7. Number 19 Virginia Tech defeats Middle Tennessee 35 to 14. Number 20 Ole Miss defeats Austin P 54 to 17. Number 21 Utah big loss on the road to the Cougars of BYU 26 to 17. Number 22 ranked Miami defeats Appalachian State 25 to 23 in a very close one. Number 23 ranked Arizona State defeats UNLV 37 to 10. Number 24 ranked North Carolina defeats unranked Georgia State 59 to 17. And finally, number 25 Auburn defeats Alabama State 62 to nothing. We got some big matchups to keep an eye out for. For week three, we got Purdue Notre Dame. Notre Dame coming in now at number 12. Big matchup on noon. At noon on Fox for Saturday, Nebraska goes to Norman to face number three, Oklahoma. We have a big one in the swamp. Florida, Alabama at CBS 3.30. And Penn State at home to Auburn, 10 versus 22, 7.30 p.m. on ABC. And then we have a, we have a great matchup out west in Provo. BYU, number 23, taking on the number 19 ranked Arizona State Sun Devils. I will be going to a Sun Devils game very, very soon. Saturday, the 25th, Arizona State, home to Colorado. I am very excited for that. I am very, very excited. Cannot wait to watch college football again in person. All right, and then to wrap up this episode... The NFL is back. The NFL is back, and it started with a bang here on Thursday night. The Buccaneers escaping with a victory at home to the Cowboys, 31-29. We have Seattle defeating Indianapolis, 28-16 in Indy. The Houston Texans with a big victory over division rival Jacksonville Jaguars, 37-21. The Philadelphia Eagles with a massive victory on the road in Atlanta against the Falcons by a score of 32-6. We have the Chargers defeating the Washington football team on the road 20-16. Prayers up for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know he suffered a big injury there. We have the Steelers, a huge victory on the road in Buffalo 23-16. This is a massive, massive result for the black and gold. We have the 49ers defeating the Lions on the road 41-33. And we had an overtime game so far in week one where we saw the home team, the Bengals, take a close one, 27-24 over the Vikings. This, to me, is a really big upset. We had the Panthers and Jets in a close one. Sad to say, Jets are on the losing end here. Panthers defeat the Jets 19-14 at home. And another big win on the road here. This time coming from the Arizona Cardinals, 38-13 over the Tennessee Titans. This one was an instant classic in Kansas City. The Chiefs defeat the Browns 33-29 in what was a very, very action-packed game. And here's another big result. This time in the AFC East, the Miami Dolphins defeat the Patriots at Gillette by a score of 17-16. The Broncos go into MetLife and defeat the New York Giants by a score of 27-13. Big game there from Teddy Bridgewater. And talk about a big game. Jameis Winston. 
Jameis, Jameis, Jameis Winston. What a game from him. Saints 38, Packers 3. This one at SoFi Stadium. The Bears. Actually, no. The Bengals were home. Yeah, the Cardinals were away. Yeah, so that means, yeah, the Patriots did lose at home, right? Yeah, I'm not I'm not seeing things. Saints big win over there, 38-3. Now we go to Rams. Game was at SoFi. Sunday night game. NBC. Big game for Matthew Stafford in his Rams regular season debut. 34-14 over the Chicago Bears. And Monday night, what a game this was. The Raiders defeat the Ravens in overtime. Two overtime games in week one. Raiders went on a walk-off touchdown. Derek Carr, 33-27. Very excited that football is back. I love it so much. Love watching some football on Sunday. It's a great time. We got some matchups for you. Here we're going to run through week two's matchups. Thursday night we got the Washington football team taking on the New York Giants. And then we go to Sunday, the 1 o'clock games. We got Raiders against the Steelers. We got the 49ers versus the Eagles. We got the Houston Texans taking on the Cleveland Browns. The Denver Broncos taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. The New Orleans Saints taking on the Carolina Panthers. Rams versus Colts, Bills versus Dolphins, Patriots versus Jets, Bengals versus the Bears, and now the 405 games, 425. Falcons, Bucks, Vikings, Cardinals, Titans, Seahawks, Cowboys, Chargers, and now the Monday, oh, excuse me, the Sunday night primetime game, NBC, Ravens versus the Chiefs, and Monday night we got Packers, Lions from the Frozen Tundra. Of Lambeau Field. Some great matchups there. Alright, well, earlier in the podcast, I did say that I was going to hint at an announcement for the fundraiser. I will announce that the fundraiser is now live. It is now live on Custom Inc. We went with the shirt. We picked a design. It's going to be the Vegas colors with the Liberty font. So it looks a little different. You'll see it on the page for Custom Inc. The fundraising, uh, the fundraiser website itself is www.custominc.com slash fundraising slash the Deacon Deacon podcast. Do not include an apostrophe there. You will see that, you will see first the design, and then you will also see that all the net proceeds will be going towards the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation. So when I was at the Hockey Heroes game between the FDNY and the NYPD, they kept promoting the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation. And let me uh, let me just run through their mission statement here. I was just very moved by what they do and who they support. So here it is right now. Do the right thing, even when no one is looking. Words you'd often hear from Ray Pfeiffer. A member of the FDNY since 1987, Ray was golfing with other FDNY firefighters the morning of September 11, 2001. When he learned of the attacks, Ray went to his firehouse at Engine 40, Ladder 35, grabbed his gear, and spent the next eight, eight months searching and digging at Ground Zero. All 11 members of his Manhattan firehouse who responded to the call were killed. In 2009, Ray was diagnosed with diagnosed with stage 4 kidney cancer, resulting from his work at the World Trade Center site. With federal benefits on the verge of expiring, 
Ray, in his wheelchair, led a small contingent to Washington, D.C. in 2015 to challenge lawmakers. Ray fought for health care benefits from the James Zadroga 9-11 Health and Compensation Act to be extended for September 11th first responders and succeeded. Ray passed away on May 28, 2017. Now the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation, started by the other FDNY first responders, is helping 9-11 first responders with medical needs not covered by insurance. In 2019, the Never Forget the Heroes, James Adroga, Ray Pfeiffer, and Luis Alvarez permanent authorization of the September 11 Victim Compensation Act was passed to provide financial support for 9-11 responders, survivors, and their families. While these bills are helpful, there are gaps and long waits to receive compensation. The Ray Pfeiffer Foundation is helping people right now. So if you buy a shirt for the Deacon Deacon podcast, all net proceeds will go towards the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation and helping 9-11 first responders. I thought because of the 20th anniversary of 9-11, there is no, no better way to help out than to collect donations and all the proceeds for the official shirt for 2021 and help support the Ray Pfeiffer Foundation. I was moved by their mission statement. I was moved by the people that were fighting in Washington. I'm very, very humbled, and I'm I'm glad that I can help out this great foundation. So all I ask is that, yes, I want you to buy a shirt, but don't buy it just to buy a shirt. Buy it to help people. Buy it to help a great cause. And I appreciate that very, very much. So again, the official website for the fundraiser is www.custominc.com slash fundraising slash the Deacon Deacon podcast. I will also be putting it in the links for this podcast. Or if you have me on all of my social medias, the link is in my bio on Instagram. And I'll be sending various Facebook posts, Snapchat posts throughout the next few weeks. There's four weeks. So the shirts will be delivered around sometime Around October 27th is what they're aiming for, but I have to hit a minimum. I have to hit a minimum for all shirts to be printed. So please, get your shirt. Get your shirt. If we reach that minimum number, which I believe is 32, then the shirts will start printing and will be delivered to you individually. So thank you very much. I appreciate the support. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all for your patience. I know uh, everyone was missing out last week. You know, where's the deacon? Where's the deacon? Had no voice, man. And with no voice, there's no podcast. So I'm glad I'm back. I'm glad I'm doing what I love doing. And I missed you guys. So this was a great episode. And now with football coming back, these episodes are going to be a lot longer, especially when hockey comes back next month. October is going to be a fun, fun month for the Deacon Deacon podcast. And stick with me because I appreciate doing this every single day. This is what I love doing the most. And this is... What I love seeing is just people listening to the podcast, sharing it, getting text messages saying, you know, I love that segment or I love this episode. You know, I, I got to talk to my friends last weekend about what they had heard on the podcast about me being a Man U fan. That was a great thing. So if you guys have any questions at all, if you want me to talk about something specific, please reach out to me. I'm easily accessible on you know, if you have my number, if you have my email, if you have any of my social media accounts, please, I am open to all suggestions. So again, thank you so much for your patience 
and I will see you all next week. So for the Deacon Deacon podcast, I am Jeremy Striano saying good night, and I'll see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Thank you.